Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. Jenna, first, good morning. Great to be with you, the queen of talk radio in America. The left does not want to honor our freedoms, and we have a responsibility to fight back. I love talking about the things of God because of truth and the biblical worldview. Fill that void with a vision that runs so deep that it dilutes the woke agenda. Well, thank you, Jenna. Right from the beginning, I knew you, so it's an honor to be with you, and you're doing really well. Proud of you. Former legal counsel to President Trump. Well, good morning. Good morning. And the top story this morning is coming out of Georgia late last night that President Trump has been indicted yet again, this time with 18 others, including his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, and many well-respected attorneys. This is the fourth overall indictment. And all I am going to say about that is that the Democrats and the Fulton County District Attorney are criminalizing the practice of law. I am resolved to trust the Lord and continue to honor and praise him. And I really appreciate all of the friends who've reached out offering encouragement and support. And I am so very grateful for our AFR family. So let's continue to pray for everyone in Hawaii um, as they brace, as the death toll increases. The fires have uh, caused an estimated $5.5 billion worth of damage. The Wall Street Journal saying this morning that Maui officials increased the death toll to at least 96 following the catastrophic wildfires on the island as they continue the painstaking search for victims in the rubble. So I'd like to welcome in my good friend and former um, member of Congress from the island of Hawaii, Tulsi Gabbard. Good morning, Tulsi, and thank you so much for joining. Hey, Jenna, good morning. Thanks for your thoughts and, and your prayers for the people of Maui. I know that everyone there going through uh, such uh, unspeakable tragedy and, and difficult times appreciates you and so many others from across the country and around the world who are uh, trying to provide support to them in every way possible. Yeah, and I know you have been there, uh, right there in Maui, uh, helping. So what have you observed and uh, how can we continue to support uh, everyone in Maui? Yeah, Jenna, you know, there there has been an influx of uh, actual, you know, basic supplies, uh, clothes and food and, and water and those sorts of things. And, and it's been uh, phenomenal to see how those from within the area have stepped up to help each other, regardless of, of uh, you know, I, I, I've met different families who, who have lost everything, who lost their homes, who lost uh, everything with the clothes on their backs, and, and they are stepping up to help others who are in need. And and uh, this spirit of aloha, this spirit of selflessness has been incredibly inspiring. Uh, right now, they are hunkering down because there are a few other hurricanes that the weather is forecasting may be headed towards uh, the Hawaiian Island chain uh, and looking at uh, other other needs like uh, propane, uh, you know, being able to, with uh, generators, uh, VHF radios where they can actually have the means to communicate with each other from longer distances than 40 feet or so, uh, especially in the event that there is some other uh, hurricane or disaster that comes through. Power is still out for a lot of folks. Um, uh, you know, where, as I traveled through West Maui, which has been a major area impacted, uh, there was still no cell phone signal. So communication is a major issue uh, and, and really just mobilizing the kind of response and resources necessary to get through this initial uh, push. As far as how people can help, 
Um, there are, I, I would encourage people to support uh, the local organizations on Maui, the local nonprofits. Uh, Hawaii Community Foundation is is a, an important one. They've got a Maui fund, uh, and those funds are going directly to people. And, and I encourage people to look at those organizations if you want to provide support and make a contribution, uh, because those dollars are going directly to the people in Maui who need them most. Uh, some of the some of the bigger nonprofits they have high overhead. Uh, you know, well-paid staff. Uh, I can tell you that this one uh, directly supports the people who need it the most, and so you'll know that your dollars are going towards helping helping them. Yeah, and and uh, you you had said a couple of days ago on Fox News that uh, this is not yet a community in recovery. These uh, these are just people trying to survive, and the pictures uh, coming out of Hawaii uh, have just been so heartbreaking and devastating for people who have lost loved ones, who've lost everything. And uh, what has been the response um, in terms of the governor and um, people on the ground there, as well as uh, possible uh, from the Biden administration? You know, a lot of the response has uh, rightly been focused on the the most devastated area of the historic uh, Lahaina town. Um, you know, the, this is a town that carries great significance to the Native Hawaiian community, given it was once the capital of the Kingdom of Hawaii. Uh, and and there are many families who've lived there for, you know, seven, eight, nine uh, generations. So uh, a lot of the attention, a lot of the response has been focused on uh, identifying uh, the remains of those who perished in that very, very, very fast-moving wildfire um, you know, I, I have friends and know people who are part of that effort, and uh, the, 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 it's difficult to put into words the kinds of things uh, that they are seeing, um, you know, families in, in cars who, uh, who, who died in the car as they were trying to escape uh, another uh, young woman. Uh, identified her mother, her mother's remains that were on the front steps to her home. She had diabetes and had uh, difficulty walking and moving very quickly, uh, and she perished on on the steps of her home uh, as she was trying to leave. There, there are countless stories like this. This needs to be. Uh, this continues to need. Uh, the, the state and the county and the federal government need to continue to focus on this. We expect the numbers of those killed by this wildfire to increase uh, by uh, significant numbers, um, just given the amount of people missing and, and how quick those fires move through. But alongside that, I think this is where an area of uh, focus needs to be emphasized more to our officials are the surrounding communities around Lahaina who have also been impacted and cut off from uh, basic uh, necessities, uh, as well as other communities on Maui where they're continuing actually to fight um, uh, small brush fires to prevent them from turning into another wildfire situation, but communities that have also seen homes completely turned uh, into ash within a matter of a few hours. Um, this, we have to make sure that no one is left behind. Absolutely, and 
the stories that are coming out um, are, are just so tragic and my heart goes out to to everyone who um, has has either suffered a loss or who is continuing uh, to search for family members or uh, who has lost everything I mean this is just it, it's terrible to think that these types of things can even happen um, still in in the United States uh, in in 2023 and um, and of course um, Tulsi Gabbard there are uh, there are people who would politicize this, of course, and um, in asking uh, Joe Biden uh, when he was on the beach just yesterday for uh, any comment, um, all he said was no comment uh, before just heading home. And uh, this, to me, just struck me as being very indifferent and almost um, cold uh, to to people who need to hear a word of encouragement from um, someone who's supposed to be the leader of our nation right now. Um, what? How did you take that comment from uh, Joe Biden? Uh, you know, it, it's it's really unfortunate because our friends, our uh, family members, you know, are, we need our leaders to express their support and their care and their heart for what our people are going through right now in in, in every way possible, uh, and and so. You know, for for those who are concerned about uh, other other things or, or distracted by you know bureaucracy or red tape, it, there, there's there's just no excuse for any leader at any level to not uh, to pour to not pour their heart and care uh, into this uh, relief and uh, recovery uh, effort that's going on right now uh, on Maui, and this is this is going to continue for quite some time. The needs are going to continue. Uh, to increase, you mentioned a five billion dollar estimate. Uh, I think it, it is. Um, uh, th- those are preliminary numbers. You, you talk about how much will it cost to rebuild. Well, first they've got to be able to make sure that those areas that were impacted that there are highly toxic sites right now. There's a major cleanup that has to uh, to get underway. Not only to get rid of all of the debris that's there, uh, but but first and foremost the remains. Uh, to bring closure to the families who lost their loved ones, uh, and then you get into the debris, then you get into the toxicity of the site, uh, and then you have to start to look at well, how do we, how do we uh, preserve this this very special community, uh, and deal with the fact that this is a community that has uh, brush fires very every year. Every year there are brush fires in place, so. We, you know, we need to look at mitigating uh, that from occurring again. Um, so, you know, it, 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 this is a long road ahead. Uh, we need our leaders' attention now, all the way from the county, the state, and the federal government, and for however long it takes to revive this community. Absolutely. So well said. And in just the last few minutes I have with you, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, and, and so appreciate your time as uh, you were there uh, in Maui and on um, in Hawaii to help everyone there. And we are praying for them. Um, so many people have talked about the historic sites and uh, the cultural significance of what has been lost. And um, for those of us who maybe um, haven't had the opportunity to to visit Maui, aren't as familiar uh, with the culture of the Hawaiian people, um, can you speak to what this loss means in terms of the historic significance? You know, when, when people go and visit Hawaii, um, you know, I, I have heard story after story about what a special experience it is. 
And yes, we live in one of the most beautiful places on the planet. But the thing that makes Hawaii special is the people, is that aloha spirit. It's the history of, of Native Hawaiians and the culture uh, that, that surrounds us there. Uh, the, the concern going forward here, especially from leaders within the Native Hawaiian community who have been there for generations, is that they will be forced from their homes, from their families' land, uh, either by, uh, you know, the government, wealthy developers or others, or because they just won't be able to afford uh, to rebuild I, I spoke with a very well-respected Native Hawaiian leader uh, yesterday, and, and he said, what is Hawaii without the Hawaiians? And he, you know, he, he's, a, he's a strong leader, and he got very choked up as, as he expressed his fear and his concern that local people in Hawaii are going to be forced to, to leave, that they're going to give up uh, in the face of this great challenge. And so, you know, it's a tight-knit community, um, it's one where the aloha spirit, which is about love and care and compassion for each other, is strong. It's alive and well. Um, you know, whether you are uh, from Hawaii or not, Native Hawaiian or not, those of us who love and appreciate all that is Hawaii, uh, I just encourage you to stand with the people of Hawaii um, right now. And, and don't forget about us uh, as the headlines shift in other directions. This will be a long road ahead. It will take years uh, to get to a place where renewal can begin. Mm. And and again, so well said. And our prayers and support are with you. And um, and, and certainly, I would encourage anyone uh, to follow Tulsi on uh, social media on Twitter now X. Uh, if there are any of these organizations that you can um, post or direct people to, um, please do. I know our AFR family um, would love to help support and um, and give to that community. Uh, this is a a devastating tragedy um, and is only, as you said, um, the beginning point because there's going to be a lot of recovery and rebuilding moving forward. And so um, we don't want to just move on as as the headlines move on, but recognize that this is going to be um, a grieving process. It's going to be a process uh, for so many people uh, that are there and who have been affected by it. And so um, I so appreciate uh, Tulsi Gabbard, you coming uh, by the show today. And thank you so much um, for being there uh, with your family there on uh, the island of Hawaii. And um, so appreciate your time. We will continue to pray for everyone. So um, Tulsi Gabbard, 2020 presidential candidate, former congresswoman, and uh, we do, we need to continue to pray for everyone affected by this tragedy. And we will be right back with more here on Jenna Ellis in the morning. Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio. 
Welcome back. And a Christian Christian evangelist uh, named Mike Goley was arrested on Sunday at a public art festival in South Bend, Indiana, despite his apparent willingness to cooperate with police officers. This is some of the uh, video, and you'll hear the audio uh, that was taken. This is cut two. So wait, no. so just because you disagree no, with our messaging. No, I'm not, this is a public park, so I'm okay. not clear at all. There's a city ordinance through the parks department. If they have an event that's sanctioned over 50 people and the people have to pay, like a booth like pay. No, 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 the, the booths. I'm not interrupting well, with any booths. Hold on a second. Yeah. You want to hear or do you just want to argue? Well, let, me, let me fully talk. What, what ordinance is it? I don't know what an under ordinance is. Well, but I, need, I need the ordinance, ordinance number, sir. Okay, but I'm going to ask you to go across the street. When you give me the ordinance number, okay, I'll go I'm going to ask you to go across the street or I'm arrested for trespassing. You've been told more than four times You're have to, to leave the park. Okay, I'll put it in my arrest right. report. You're under arrest. That's it. Hey, take my camera. Take my camera. Take my camera. I'm in. 25 feet for an emergency area. 25 feet. Thank you. 25 feet. 25 feet. Thank you. Stay right there. 25 feet. Over there. Thank you, sir. And uh, this Christian evangelist was arrested and charged with criminal trespass. And so joining me now is Ben Zeisloft, who is with the Sentinel and had an exclusive uh, with Goli, who said in an interview that he was motivated to share the forgiveness of sins found in Jesus Christ. So, Ben, thanks so much for joining. And it seems like uh, this has become a recurring theme now in America, which is utterly absurd that uh, it, it seems like there are a lot of evangelists and Christians that are getting arrested. Um, There was one two weeks ago in Wisconsin as well that you wrote on um, that uh, it it almost seems like Christians are being targeted. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you uh, for having me, by the way, Jenna. Uh, Great to be here. Uh, As you said, we we reported on uh, at least two incidents in the past few weeks alone of Christians being targeted for spreading the gospel, trying to pass out tracts. This this instance over the weekend, uh, he didn't even have noise amplifications. He was just trying to strike up conversations with some other members of his church. Uh, so as, I, I think the trend here is, is certainly plus enforcement of the law, where you have police in these areas who are not uh, making sure that drag queens are, are prosecuted for sexualizing children uh, when there's books in the law to do that, but making sure that Christians who are reading the Bible or passing out tracts uh, to oppose it uh, are, are thrown in prison. Yes. Yeah. And so, Ben, um, so this this one, at least with uh, with Mr. Goley, was um, was at an art festival that it seems like was open to the public and, you know, everybody's there and they're gathering. And yet uh, he was specifically told that he had to have some kind of permit or something. I mean, to your knowledge, was anyone else there who was just engaging in other types of maybe non-religious conversation? Were they treated similarly or was it just him? Uh, the way he told it is they were there for about an hour and a half, and, and somebody eventually called the police on them. And, and as, you still, as, as you can see in the videos, uh, there are six to ten officers who show up with gloves already on, uh, ready to remove them from the premises. I'm not sure if there's anybody else who is engaged in non-religious speech, uh, but you certainly could tell uh, that the folks at the art festival were not enthused by them being there. Yeah. And um, and so how does this compare as well to the situation in Wisconsin that you reported on? What happened there? Yes, yeah, so the situation in Wisconsin was similar in that the one in Wisconsin was a pride event. Uh, as you said, this one was the art festival, so there wasn't a particular LGBT element to this past one. Uh, but in Wisconsin, uh, they were likewise told to, to leave the park, and, and, and this young man pulls out uh, noise implications, starts reading from the Bible, not even a passage about homosexuality, just a passage about love. And, and the, as soon as he turns on his amp uh, and starts to read 
Uh, you, you see the, the cops swarm him and, and take him away. Uh, so you see that they're, they're ensuring that even when, once these folks leave the park and are uh, no longer on the premises, um, that they're still, they still can't get their message out. In the video uh, that started circulating a few days ago of, of Mike Goley in Indiana, uh, you can tell that when the cops told him to leave and even cross this public street, uh, they're far away from anybody uh, who they could start conversations with. So, so they're effectively silenced just by the cops enforcement. Yeah, and and uh, and and this I think is is frustrating to so many people who consider um, going to these types of public events and um, being open about sharing their Christian faith. And um, you know, this is w- what a lot of evangelists do um, intentionally is to go to, to public events and um, to say that somehow that that you have to have um, a specific you know ordinance or you have to have some type of um, you know other. Uh, permit or something that would allow this type of religious speech versus non-religious speech um, seems very intentionally targeted, and um, and it seems like this is something that uh, that is just targeting Christians. And so, um, as you're speaking with uh, Mr. Goley, and you have this exclusive in uh, the Sentinel, um, what was what was his overall takeaway from this experience? Yeah, it seemed like his motives were, were very simple, just, as you said, to, to share the gospel and to talk about, um, you know, the, the dangers of abortion, the evil of abortion, uh, with just normal passerby in South Bend, Indiana, uh, right? This wasn't targeted at a certain demographic. It was just an art festival that the entire community was, um, was invited to. And, and the heart of the Christian evangelist, of course, is to, is to share the gospel with everybody and, and anybody, because we all need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, so that was definitely the heart that came out during the interview, uh, he, he gave me a play-by-play of the arrest and, and, and so forth and how he was taken to jail. Um, but that was certainly what he was there to do. He wasn't there to cause a scene. Um, he goes to these fairly frequently, and this is the first one um, where there's been such a viral reaction to any uh, police enforcement against him. Yeah, and I, and I think this is something that we would maybe expect to to hear from, you know, San Francisco, California, or Chicago, or, you know, some of these more, um, you know, deeply blue cities. Um, but Indiana and Wisconsin, I, I mean, this is, um, this is surprising, I think, uh, to me, even though maybe it shouldn't be. Um, but what does that perhaps tell you as far as um, the, the increased hostility toward Christians in our culture? Because, I mean, uh, Goli even has, um, and he's quoted in your article, article is saying, our society is becoming more and more evil and more and more dark and decaying rapidly morally. It makes sense that we would see an increase in lack of tolerance for Christians. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Marcus Schrader, the young man who was arrested in Wisconsin a few weeks ago, had an incredible clip where he was exhorting the uh, Watertown, Wisconsin uh, Common Council about that very issue, basically making the point that as as the world becomes more tolerant of, <clears throat> of abortion and sexual perversion, drag queens, uh, LGBT, and so forth, you're going to see a decrease in tolerance for Christians who are, who are standing against it just as they always have for the past 2,000 years. Um, so you see that play, play out in just local law enforcement, uh, selectively enforcing the law, refusing, as I said, to arrest drag queens who are gyrating in front of children and making sure that the Christians can't get their message across and be a public witness against that. And uh, and I'm speaking with Ben Zeisloft, who is uh, the editor at The Sentinel and um, also an outspoken Christian yourself. And um, you and I have uh, have been friends along those lines uh, for uh, for a while now. And so what is um, your encouragement just from a personal standpoint, uh, Ben, watching the the decay of our culture and watching some of these things um, happen? And as you mentioned, and I think that that puts uh, the juxtaposition well to say, you know, the left is totally fine with all 
all of these you know drag queens out in parades literally you know naked in front of children and doing all yeah. kinds of other things and yet they don't mm. tolerate religious speech and the affirmation of presenting the truth of the gospel of Christ. Yeah, well, I think for the past 2,000 years, it's been the norm rather than the exception for Christians to face persecution to be opposed everywhere they go, because, of course, uh, as First John 3 says, um, Cain hated Abel because his deeds were righteous. So when you're spreading the message of righteousness and, and calling people to repentance and faith in Christ, uh, you're going to get opposed by the world system. Uh, but my encouragement is, is just First uh, Corinthians 16, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Uh, we're not exempt from sharing the message of Christ uh, when, when times get hard. We're to preach the word in season, out of season. So I think American Christians ought to rise to that challenge. And it, it might be hard days ahead, but I think, you know, Christ is, Christ is Lord and, and God is good to us. So that's what we ought to remember. Yeah, amen to that. And, you know, we are promised in Scripture that we will have uh, trials and uh, we are not promised uh, comfort and um, peace necessarily in terms of uh, how the world measures that in this life. Um, we are told that we will be, as Christians, constantly contending against evil and contending for our faith. And uh, this is why also we are told to put on the full armor of God and uh, to make sure that we are continually strong striving uh, to put forward the full truth of the gospel of Christ. And um, so in just the last few minutes I have with you um, here, Ben Zeisloft, and I really appreciate um, your willingness to cover these stories and to encourage um, everyone on your social media and through your work uh, to engage the culture um, as Christians with the truth. Um, what encouragement would you have for Christians in that a commission truly from the Bible and from the Lord to stand firm in our faith and come what may. Yeah, I love a quote, uh, this one quote from C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters, where um, he essentially says, the temptation that the devil is going to present to Christians in every age is to run around with fire extinguishers when floods are rampant. Uh, so addressing the problems that don't really exist to the same extent that other problems certainly do. Uh, so I think we're, cre- we're pressured as American Christians to not stand firm against certain forms of sin. So in our age, that would be uh, homosexuality, transgenderism, uh, sexual perversion, abortion. Uh, those are the big issues that uh, you'll, you'll feel backlash from the world if you try to sin against them. Uh, but if you sin against uh, racism or, or some other more culturally popular sins that, it, that is popular to stand against, at least, uh, then you won't face the same opposition. But I think we need to do the exact opposite. We need to stand firm uh, with the particular evils of our age, or else we're not preaching the full gospel of Christ. If, if if men are dying from cancer, we don't treat them for uh, lung disease, right? So uh, it, it's it's quite simple. Just just stand firm in the faith. Yeah. Yeah, and um, really well said. And I think in every age and every culture, there is uh, the preferred ways of sin, and and it all comes down to the same problem, the same sin problem, the same uh, human condition. And we are called in every generation uh, to stand firm for the truth, because the truth of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it doesn't matter the uh, the arbitrary whims of the culture and what things uh, we're currently encountering. The truth and our commission as Christians remain the same. So um, that's really wise encouragement, uh, Ben. And how can people reach you and uh, read your pieces in The Sentinel? Yep. Uh, well, you can find The Sentinel at republicsentinel.com. We're a brand new conservative news and commentary outlet owned and operated by Christians. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at uh, the tag is at Sentinel. 
Oh, amazing. And I actually didn't know that, that that was um, owned and operated just by Christians. And so how it, how um, has that, I guess, informed the content that you're able to cover? Yeah, I think a lot of uh, American conservatives are, are grieved, and rightly so, by uh, certain conservative outlets drifting to the left, uh, especially on those cultural issues we're talking about. Uh, so we're just very careful uh, as Bible-believing Christians to not give ground, even linguistically, that sort of thing. You're not going to find preferred pronouns. You're not going to find you know, bio- biological man, biological woman. You're not going to find um, reproductive health, the euphemisms that surround some of these issues. It's just going to be conservative news and commentary that's really excellent, well done, um, but is done by people who care about the truth uh, because they serve a God who is truth. Amen to that. Well, I'm really grateful for your work there and uh, look forward to to reading more pieces where you are truthful about uh, the pronouns that accurately describe human biology that until five minutes ago wasn't controversial. But um, apparently, you know, this is the flavor of sin uh, in in today's world. So uh, Ben Zeisloft, really appreciate you dropping by this morning. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. Thanks. And, uh, you know, I I think that Ben's uh, commentary is really something that we can take away from uh, our culture and and our age today. Um, We are called in this moment to stand firm as Christians and to continue to promote the truth of the gospel of Christ. And God is still in the business of uh, changing hearts and minds and winning people to salvation. And no matter what comes, no matter what we are facing and we are seeing so many um, pastors and evangelists and others who are now in America being arrested for their faith. We know that um, you know, parents and uh, ministers are being put on domestic terrorism watch lists in the United States of America. I mean, this is beyond the weaponization of government. It's it's completely contrary to the U.S. Constitution, which our founders recognized that our rights come from God. So the sole purpose of government is to preserve and protect those rights not to use the power of government to come in and target Christians or to treat us uh, differently or with um, more discrimination or uh, as second-class citizens because of our faith. In fact, our Constitution here in America requires that our faith is protected and our ability to exercise our religion it's not just a matter of belief. And, and right now, I mean, there, there are even thought crimes now that are being prosecuted um, in America. Speech is being prosecuted. But that's just belief. I mean, the, the founders went beyond that. And in our First Amendment, when they talk about exercising religion, that's about acting on our faith. That is about our conduct and being able to share our faith, to be able to go into a culture and participate. Uh, there is no wall of separation between church and state in the sense that Christians are somehow excised from public society. And we have to remember that as Christians. There, We cannot simply retreat into uh, the four walls of our homes or our churches if we are not out in the civil arena, then we will become targeted because there are people, if we do not elect the proper people, there are absolutely people who want the powers of government to on purpose then go against what our founders declared as our worldview statement and our mandate for our civil society, which is that we are all created in the image of God. Our rights come from God, our creator. The sole purpose of government is to preserve and protect our rights that come from him. 
So be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We will be right back with more here on Jenna Ellis in the morning. Back to Jenna Ellis in the morning on American Family Radio. Welcome back, and we are talking about the current culture in America and across the world, really, and and uh, what I would term as the downfall of Western civilization as we are rapidly uh, approaching that precipice and sliding over. But a lot of uh, conservatives and particularly Christians are wanting to stand up and fight back and speak uh, truth to power. And one uh, country music artist has gone totally viral in the last few days for a song called Rich Men North of Richmond. And uh, you may have heard this song. I am not going to play a clip of this song only because um, there are a few lyrics that uh, may not be so appropriate for our AFR audience. But um, if you are interested in listening to that, you can find that uh, actually anywhere. It's become one of the uh, most, and I I believe the top downloaded song from Oliver Anthony. And um, basically it's, it's, it's been termed kind of this anthem uh, from the the general American that is pushing back against the rich men north of Richmond. And if you know where Richmond, Virginia is, then you'll know that he's talking about the Richmond in, in uh, Washington, D.C. And uh, kind of this anthem of just saying, you know, we're not here to simply serve our government pay taxes and um, and then and die. I mean, that's not the purpose of humanity and pushing back. And um, this has been an, an amazing cultural phenomenon. So uh, here to give his reaction is Matthew Peterson, who is the chief editor at The Blaze. Good morning, Matthew. Thanks so much for coming on. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks. So, um, so this this whole viral phenomenon with Oliver Anthony um, to me has been really fascinating. And 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 full disclosure, I'm not really that into country music. So, if I was, maybe this would have been a little bit more of a, um, you know, something that I would have been, I would have understood the viral sensation. Um, I get the sentiment, but for me personally, um, this song was not this you know, amazing anthem that, that other people thought it was. But at the same time, I, I do understand the sentiment. So um, what was your reaction to this viral sensation? Well, I, I mean, this is one of these moments where I would say about Oliver Anthony is it's a positive moment rather than a negative one. And we're not going to achieve any kind of reversal of where we're at unless you have, uh, you know, a, a kind of positive vision or actual creation of new things, new businesses, new culture, et cetera. And I think uh, what you see with this song is as soon as people saw it, I mean, they saw it because it was a video that, that you know, went viral at first. As soon as people saw this, uh, this guy in the woods with his dogs singing this song, um, 
They, it, it went viral because they they reacted to it in a visceral way. They understood this guy is is complaining about real problems in America. And I think everyone just acted to elevate and circulate the song because it resonated. And and that's what I think is exciting about it, because as opposed to, say, the organic uh, boycott, you know, there's no planning for against Bud Light or Target and all these companies that, uh, you know, hate half their customers. Uh, as opposed to that, this is this is something that people can rally around, and and that's why it, it is so popular. It's still it's still growing. This guy's going to have, I think, a long career, and and that's what's exciting is that I think we're in a situation now, as bad as it is, where people are beginning to clue into anything, you know, anything that 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 resonates that actually speaks truth to the moment we're in. And I have to say, you know, he does use some uh, some <laughs> some language in the song. <laughs> Uh, but this is someone who is uh, who got on his knees 30 days ago and uh, and prayed to the Lord and opened his concert with a psalm. Mm. Yeah, and in his personal story, uh, that uh, Jason Howerton, who um, who's a, a prolific uh, social media account, posted on X, formerly Twitter, and uh, he, he, Oliver Anthony's personal story uh, really is incredible. I mean, this is someone who um, who, as you said, you know, just was kind of at the end of of the line and got on his knees and prayed prayed to the Lord, and um, and. A few days later, I mean, he he is completely in a totally different uh, place in his life, and um, this song has gone viral. and And I I I really appreciate what you said, Matt, in terms of um, how this is a positive something that has been created, and people can rally around and and say this expresses and speaks to uh, what what we're feeling and how this resonates, instead of um, how so often conservatives are asked to stop participating or boycott or you know things that that feel like we're responding more negatively which which we are and we should respond negatively to things like target and bud light but um but it seems like there's not as much that is positive and so that's why some of these um some of these songs and some of these things or or like the sound of freedom movie even though the content um of course was was heavy and difficult um but it was a movie that people could rally around saying this is a message that we support and we want to go see the movies instead of being constantly um having to pick between you know, telling their kids no, we're going to see Barbie. Um, so, so what does that speak to you in terms of where we're at as conservatives engaging in culture? Well, I mean, the 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 sad reality is that um, you know so many products and services that we need to buy and use are are, are controlled at the top by I have to say people who hate us uh, or hate what we stand for and that that reality is something that is breaking through and people are realizing it and it's depressing uh, but the good news is the, the little ray of sunshine here and the small renaissance that i think is occurring across the country is that you do have people in in the midst of that crisis who are creating things or building things with a re- realization of you know how how bad it is kind of from the top with the the woke uh, capital, and they're trying to get out from under woke capital, and they're trying to get out from under woke states, and they're trying to get out from under the whole apparatus. And so as that pressure increases and and things get worse, you do see all of a sudden these moments of of real resistance. And 
you know, you see it even in uh, just regular Hollywood, as bad as it is. I mean, it, there are people there who are a uh, few, but there are people there who are making things quietly that really stand apart. And Sound of Freedom is one of those artifacts. And what's happening is people are rallying to those and rewarding them. And there's a certain aspect of it where, you know, I know people like yourself who aren't really country music fans, but when they see what's going on, they're sort of like, take my money, I'll buy the single, you know, <laughs> because <laughs> because they because we're in that situation where you just want something positive to rally around. And because of the totalitarian nature of what's going on, you know, they don't allow that. They don't allow these things. They don't want to see half the country have uh, the kind of culture and art that they need and they deserve to rally around. So I would predict that this is going to increase. We've only seen the beginning of this commercial cultural movement. It doesn't have a name, but it is commercial and it is cultural. This is America and, and commerce creates culture. And I know myself and, and so many other people throughout the country really want to create this, uh, th- these alternatives. And the difference uh, now is that not only do some people want to create those alternatives, but the market is ravenous. The audience is ravenous. Everyone is starving for something that's true, good, and beautiful or something that represents them. And that's what's exciting about the time that we're in. That's, that's the positive side of it is that I think we're going to see a lot more of this. And and I hope that you're right, uh, Matt Peterson, who is chief editor at The Blaze. And, you know, th- this does resonate, I think, with um, a lot of people who want to create and be entrepreneurs, whether it's, you know, creating in terms of uh, just social media content, and we see a lot of that going on, or whether it's in a more traditional sense in terms of creation and artistry and um, the entertainment industry and all of these things that a lot of conservatives and Christians have felt excluded from and have been excluded from because they were not able to use their full uh, gifts and talents that the Lord has given them and participating in projects that are true and beautiful and right and praiseworthy. And it seems like so much of what our culture is generating is total garbage. And we want to um, to elevate the the culture that uh, we have a long history and tradition just throughout world history. Uh, One of my favorite social media accounts that I follow is called cultural critic. And I love how this account who's an anon will, will post um, the juxtaposition of, um, of a lot of times of whether it's statues or architecture or um, you know, buildings and art and say, okay, you know, this was back 500 years ago, and then look at the kind of trash that's coming out today. And you can see the worldview that is implicit in that. If we have a right and true and proper view of man and our humanity made in God's image versus the hopelessness of the void of saying, okay, we're just here by random chance, you can see that reflected in culture. And um, so, so that also carries over, though, into everything we do in terms of creating content um, like you do at, at The Blaze. And and I think that there is also a, a real desire for conservatives and Christians to have um, news and political analysis and all of this coming from a place that is true. And we're seeing, I think, a really interesting moment for 
the media outlets on the right, um, particularly with how Fox News's ratings continue to crash as they won't go places that people want, yeah. won't give the analysis that's the truth, where someone like The Blaze or, you know, some of these other conservative outlets um, here at AFR, you know, we're willing to say things that are true. Yeah, this is so true. I mean, what you're, what, you're, what you're saying is happening before everyone's eyes. And I have to say, I mean, Fox really, uh, you know, committed suicide in front of the entire nation recently <laughs> by getting rid of one of the most popular uh, hosts. And, and you can just see it implode in real time. And, and what I would say is, you know, in the past it was sort of like, well, uh, you know, I'm Christian or I'm conservative, and and I have to live in the you know ghetto of culture, and I'm excluded, like you're saying. But now, these are the only people who are willing to speak the truth. So increasingly, you have all kinds of people who just are looking for something that's not pure propaganda, whether it's a movie or whether it's you know information about what's going on in the world. And you see this confluence of, of people who care about the truth, and, and they have to congregate together. So, uh, you know, I think talent is, uh, is finding talent, and I, I do think that in the midst of the darkness, we're going to build things that seek truth and, and beauty. And it's sad that that has to happen in a time where there's such totalitarian forces coming after everybody, but you know that that is that is rallying people, and it's not over. There's there's a there's a lot of resistance to what's going on that that really I think the other side doesn't even understand and doesn't even uh, know is is around the corner, because at this point it's not just about getting out you know a Christian or conservative worldview. It's that's the only worldview that allows you to speak truth and to create beautiful things. Yes, absolutely well said. And and our God is a it is the creator. And so our desire to create and to reflect truth and beauty and things that are right and praiseworthy comes from being made in his image. And so this whole push from the left to pervert that and to make things that are ugly or just simply propaganda or filled with uh, with lies and a false view of man and the world around us um, simply is, is yet again another denial of our creator God. And so what, um, in just the last few minutes I have with you, um, Matt Peterson, I so appreciate your commentary on this. Uh, how would you encourage um, younger Christians who may be listening who want to create this type of content, but they see how difficult it is in our current cultural climate? You have to find other people of like mind. Um, so, you know, if you're out there and you're listening, you're thinking, you know, I want to be part of this. I feel like I have something in me that I want to create. Uh, uh, you know, I want to speak to this moment or I want to find content that speaks to this moment. You know, you have to understand, of course, the institutions that exist are against you, and they don't want you to create that kind of thing, and they don't want to air, uh, they give airtime to that, that kind of content. So you have to find people of like mind, uh, and you have to work with them. You can't just go out into, you know, into the world, into the industry, whatever sector it is, and expect things to go well. You have to acknowledge the reality of the situation, but the good news is that there are other people out there. You're not alone. You are not alone. There are other people out there who think the same way, who want to do the same things. 
And if you find them and collaborate, uh, you know, good things will happen. And I, I, I just, I, I know, I see it every day. The audience, the, the consumer, the, the average person, half the country wants alternatives. So they want what you want to create. And you can find other people and you can work with them who are out there, absolutely, and they want to do the same thing. But what you can't do is go out there and just think, you know, I'll just work my way through the normal uh, business sectors and entertainment sectors that exist uh, because those are all captured. But, you know, Mm. there are people out there who want to do the same things you do and you have to find them. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate all of you over at The Blaze. Uh, Matt Peterson, thanks so much for joining. That is all the time we have here on Jenna Ellis in the morning. You can always reach me and my team, Jenna at AFR.net. Go into the world, teach the gospel, promote truth, and whatever you do today, do to the glory of God. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.